She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles, back with you for another amazing, super wonderful week of a fresh podcast. I've got a word for you guys today. It is, it's a meaty word. It's a word that you're probably going to like not amen, but it's a good word, y'all. So I can't wait to share it with you after the break, keeping your eyes on your own territory, keep your eyes on your own territory. It's going to be good. And it actually, uh, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait until after the break to tell you. Okay, what's happening in my life? Okay, so all my kids are in school. And if you're listening and you're a mom, your kids are probably in school as well, unless you have preschoolers. And if you do have preschoolers, I want to tell you, enjoy that season. Enjoy. I know, you know, your house looks like a mess and you have goldfish from every single little nook and cranny in your car. And, you know, we have, we deal with tantrums when our kids are preschoolers and all that, but there is something deliciously wonderful about that season in a child's life. And it is so incredibly precious. So if you're a preschooling mom out there, if you don't have kids, I, I want to tell you to enjoy enjoy it because one day you're going to be putting them in school. So my kids all went to school last week and I had, I had one of those weeks where, okay, I love church. I'm just going to out myself. I was at church on Sunday and the preacher, it was nothing to do with the preacher. It had nothing to do with him. His message was incredible. I was so exhausted that I found myself, I I don't even remember, maybe when I had mono when I was a high school kid, like, you know, 25 years ago, I almost nodded off in church. That's how tired I was last week. And I looked back on my week and my husband and I were talking about this Sunday after I had watched a movie. And then I had taken an hour and a half nap, which by the way, I do not nap. I'm not a napper. I, I, a lot of people love naps and I'm like, I don't have time for a nap. Like I wish I could, but we put four kids in school. We have all the things with the football and the cheer and the, this and the, that plus I work. And my son turned 13 on Friday. So now I have two teenagers in the house. I put together an entire with the help of Cassie, thank God for her, paintball party for 10 of his good friends. So we had a party on Saturday, which, you know, 10, 13 year olds is overwhelming. But let me tell you this about my, my son's friends. They are precious. I, you know, I sat in the car with these kids. They were respectful. They called me Miss Miles. They said, thank you. These kids, I even told my son afterwards, these, these guys that are your friends are, I was so impressed with them, but it was a lot of work nonetheless. And they had a blast and I, it was a joy to have them in our home and you know, whatever. So Sunday I'm exhausted. 
I'm not just exhausted from the physical exhaustion of being a mom. It hit me so hard last week that my kids are older. I dealt with it all week. I finally had like this conversation with my husband and, and he's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. You just, you wouldn't understand. You're a dad. You're not a mom. And we had this long conversation about Grace getting her license in a month and Jude turning 13. And then the babies are in the first grade and you know, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, no one ever prepares you to let go. No one ever prepares you. What, you know, we talk in all these parenting books, and I'm sure there's parenting books out there. Like, I, I get it. I haven't read one. We talk about having the baby. We talk about the preschool years. We even talk about the school years. But there is an element of letting go that is so hard for a mom, for most most moms. I've yet to meet a mom that's like, oh, it was easy to let my kids go. But I was kind of dealing with that last week. So I was not just physically exhausted. I was emotionally, I don't know, is it mourning? Is it grieving? I don't know what it is, but I was like having a moment. My husband took me on a date on Sunday night. It was like the worst date ever, (laughs) not because it was a bad date, just because my mind was so, it was just like. A depressing day. I even told him on the way home, I'm like, this is the worst date of all time just because I wasn't into it. Right. So I decided yesterday to put all of my heaviness behind me and I went to Target. And at Target, I decided to celebrate the things that they love. <laughs> so I go through Target and I'm like buying like Haven loves gummy snacks and she loves these fruit strip things that they sell. And like all the kids love little Debbie. Do you guys remember little Debbie, the oatmeal cream pies? Oh my gosh. My kids love them. I don't ever buy them because I forget that they, they still exist. But so I buy those. I buy like all the little things. Grace likes Tostito chips and the, the, the queso. That's like, it's like plastic cheese. But anyway, she likes it. So I buy all their little things and I decide to start being positive about where we're at. I don't want to dwell in the negativity and the heaviness any longer. I decide to be positive. I'm telling you what. Moses and Haven come home from school yesterday and Moses went and looked in the pantry and he was like, mom, have you seen the pantry? I was like, yes, someone had to go buy that. And he's like literally smiling from ear to ear and so enjoying his little Debbie and his little whatever food and treats and stuff like that, that I bought him. And when I saw them light up, I lit up. And I think sometimes as parents, as moms, especially, I've never been a dad, so I don't know how dads process kids moving on. I know it's not easy for them, but I only have the mom perspective. I think moms, as you prepare for your kids to launch and as you you watch them growing and you realize, okay, they aren't a three-year-old any longer that you have to feed macaroni and cheese to, like they're making their own decisions. They're, they have their own little lives. They have their own little perspectives on things. They, they are coming into their own rather than grieving it, find ways to celebrate what they're doing and switch that almost heaviness into, into 
a joyful thing. And that is what, that's what just hit me yesterday at Target. I'm like, here I am. Like God made them to launch. God made them to get older, two teenagers. Oh my gosh. You know, but it was just really a precious time to celebrate them yesterday. And it kind of shifted my whole perspective. So that's what's happening with me. I feel like a lot of moms are in the same boat right now. And so I want to tell you, listen, it's okay to sort of grieve that (laughs) the youth of your children, but also recognize what God is doing in them as they get older and what he is launching them towards which is, you know, what, what they're created for. So anyway, that's what's happening in my life. Hope that wasn't too mushy gushy, uh, but it's real life, y'all. It is real life. So catch me right after the break. We are going to talk about something that I love. Keep your eyes on your own territory. It's going to be a word for somebody today. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Does it seem like God is answering everyone's prayers but yours? Do you want to see results from your prayer life? Do you feel as if you are a professional Christian with an amateur prayer life? If so, Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer, is for you. Autumn Miles wrote Gangster Prayer because she herself experienced disappointment from years of praying with little results. Gangster Prayer will show you how to unlearn bad habits in prayer and build your prayer life on a foundation of faith and not doubt. Get your copy of Gangster Prayer today at autumnmiles.com or anywhere books are sold. Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, guys, here we are back from the break. Yes, I'm a mushy-gushy mom. That's just who I am. And yes, I did say my husband and I had a terrible date. (laughs) That's also life. I wish more people would say stuff like that, right? So you don't feel like you're like weird. (laughs) We looked at each other the whole dinner. I bet that, I bet that the guy who waited on us was like, what is going on with this couple? I was just sad, but I wasn't about to tell our waiter that I was sad. Anyway, yes, I did just say that. Okay, moving on. Keep your eyes on your own territory, you guys. That's what I want to talk to you guys about today. Y'all, okay, so last week, I felt like God said very specifically to me, I want you to, I want you to talk about prayer because of Afghanistan and everything that's happening in our world. And to be honest with you guys, a lot of people are just discouraged right now. They're despondent. They're giving in to where is God? You know, all, all the ailments of our soul people are giving into. And so I really, really felt last week that I needed to scrap my, um, my outline and I needed to talk about prayer. And I hope, I hope you did listen to that podcast. If you did not, you can go back and re-listen to it. I talked about in that podcast, Jehoshaphat. And King Jehoshaphat was king of Judah. The crazy thing about me choosing and God, now we know that God chose it. The crazy thing about 
God choosing that scripture for me to relay to you last week is that the outline that I was going to share with you last week is connected to the passage that I shared with you last week of Jehoshaphat with the coalition coming against Judah. This has blown me away, which tells me this. It was so, actually what Jehosh- who Jehoshaphat was referring to was the exact people I wanted to talk to you about this week. I didn't even realize it, guys, until I was like mid-recording session. I didn't even realize that they were connected, but God knew. So because God connected them beautifully for me, I'm going to talk about the group of people that came up against Moab last week. Okay. Now, if you're confused, you must go back to last week and listen to that podcast. I am going to pick it up for you in the passage I shared with you last week in second Chronicles. Now, If you listen to the podcast last week, I talked about Judah. There's a coalition coming against Judah. Moab was one of the groups of people that was coming up against King Judah and Jehoshaphat to wage war against them. Jehoshaphat decides to pray. When he prays, this is what he says. And this is where we're going to pick up. He says, in 2 Chronicles 20.10, I'm going to read it. Now, behold, the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. This is the part that I, when I knew it was connected. Who you did not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. They turned aside from them and did not destroy them. I'm going to go on and then I'll go back. See how they are rewarding you. By coming to drive us out from your possession, which you have given us as an inheritance. Now, I talked about this passage last week. I'm going to talk about this specific statement of Jehoshaphat today. Now, this is a little bit meaty. This is a little bit teachery, but I think it is beautifully woven together in this tapestry podcast that we have going on. Jehoshaphat says, now behold, the sons of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, whom you did not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. See how they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out from your possession, which you have given us. He says, God, these groups of people that are coming up against us, you told us not to invade their territory and not to harm them. And this is what they're rewarding. This is how they're rewarding us for treating them right and for obeying you and not going in and destroying them. Okay. Jehoshaphat clearly says, you restricted us from destroying them. And now they're trying to destroy us. So with that, I'm going to go to the passage of scripture 
where God restricts Israel from destroying Moab. Okay. This is years and years and years and years and years earlier. Listen to what this says in second and Deuteronomy two one nine, And then I'm going to get, please don't log off because this is the word of God. And it is so full of truth. I want you guys plugged into the meat of scripture and how the beautiful tapestry that God has woven for us in these pages, that if we just dare to dig in and study, we, we see such practical application for our own lives in our own in, in current day. It's it's always relevant. It has always been relevant, but we have to dig in and study. So I'm I'm about to blow your mind, y'all. I'm about to blow your mind. So the coalition came against Judah. This is I don't even know how long. A hundred years later, maybe I don't know. Maybe not that long. Maybe longer. I don't really know. But the interesting thing is, is that the coalition that came up against Judah and Jehoshaphat, God protected from the nation of Israel. Deuteronomy 2, 1 through 9 says this, okay? I've talked about this passage a lot. I'm going to go ahead and read it, and then I'm going to focus on some of the most more obscure verses that you probably don't even read till, okay? Deuteronomy 2, 1 through 9. Then we turn to set out for the wilderness by way of the Red Sea. And the Lord spoke to me and circled Mount Seir for many days. Verse 2, Deuteronomy 2.2. 2. And the Lord spoke to me saying, you have circled this mountain long enough. I've talked about that a lot. We're not going there today. And commanded the people saying, you will pass through the territory of your brothers, the sons of Esau who live in Mount Seir. Listen to this. And they will be afraid of you. So be very careful. Verse five, do not provoke them. For I will not give you any of their land, even as little as a footstep. God is saying you're going to pass through the, the territory I've given to Esau. You better go through. It ain't yours. Keep on walking. It's not yours. I have protected it. For the for Esau, okay, not even uh, even as little as a footstep, because I have given Mount Seir to Esau as a possession. Who was coming up against Judah? Mount Seir was one of those people. Okay, moving on, verse six: You shall buy food from them with money so that you may eat. You shall also purchase water from them with money so that you may drink. Verse seven. For the Lord your God has blessed you and all that you have done. He has known your wanderings through the great wilderness these 40 years. The Lord your God has been with you. You have not lacked anything. Verse 8 says this. Please hang with me. So we passed beyond our brothers. Moses is writing this narrative. The sons of Esau who lived in Seir, away from Arabah, uh, from the Arabah road, away from Elath. And from Ezion Gerber. And we turned and passed through by the way of the wilderness of Moab. Moab was another one of those uh, nations that was coming to invade Judah. Okay. This in Deuteronomy tells you that God was going to protect Moab as well. 
Verse nine, and then I'll stop reading. The Lord said to me, do not harass Moab, nor provoke them to war, for I will not give you any of their land as a possession, because I have given R to the uh, sons of Lot as a possession. Now, oh man, I love the word of God. I am obsessed with the word of God. Now, let me get to my point after I read you 4,500 scriptures. The point I want to make to you today is these groups of people were coming up to destroy Israel much, much later than when Israel passed through the land in order to get to Canaan. When Israel passed through the land in order to get to Canaan, God very clearly told Moses, there are certain lands that are not yours. There are certain territories that are not yours. I have given Mount Seir to Esau and his descendants. I have given Moab to Lot and his descendants. You can't have it. So God actually protected for a time the nations that were coming up against Judah. That's why Jehoshaphat was so annoyed because he said, look, look at how they are rewarding us. Look at what they're doing. God, will you not judge them? And then that was the time when God really judged them. He destroyed them completely when they came up against Judah after he had protected them. So they're gone. But one thing I think that we don't talk a lot about in the church, we talk about, you know, the promised land is yours. And I I do as well. I am a, a big fan of the Old Testament. But what we don't talk about enough in the church is that there are some territories that aren't yours. Now, this is not going to Instagram well. Who knows what they're going to do to promote it with the marketing next week? I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do that, okay? There are some lands that aren't yours. They're just not. Someone needs to say this stuff. There are some things that aren't set aside for you. And Moses knew early on, okay, Mount Seir, that land, we're supposed to pass through, we're supposed to buy food, we're supposed to buy water, but we are not going to overtake Mount Seir because that's lots. Moab, we're going to pass through, we're not going to provoke them, we're not going to take them to war. Look it up in Deuteronomy 2, that's what I just read. We're not going to wage war against them. Why? Because that's that was set aside for Lot's descendants. Someone needs to say that sometimes there are territories that aren't yours. My encouragement today, and I think we need this right now, I do believe that this is a right now word, is to keep your eyes on your own territory. Keep your eyes on your own territory. Now, the world and of social media makes this almost impossible, right? When we 
follow all these people. And when we follow these families or all these women or all these men or all these fitness, I, all these like fitness people or all these food people or all these like Pinteresty moms or, you know, what a fashion I've, I follow a lot of fashion people and JLo because I love JLo. <laughs> but I, I, so anyways, tangent, anyways, I, I follow all these, uh, fashion people just cause I really, I really love clothes and all that. And I always have ever since I was a kid, like I was the girl that wore the, the yellow bow to fish one time. And my family still makes fun of me because I was like four. I've always, I've always loved the fashion world. But as you scroll through social media, you see territories that God has given other people and you want them for yourselves. It's almost impossible to not scroll through your feed and think, wow, that was a good, I I follow a lot of preachers. Wow. That was a really good word. I wish I would have thought of that. Or wow, they have more likes about this than I do. Wow. I wish I would have that many or wow. Look at their family. They're so cute, whatever, whatever. Or look, she's so fit. She lost all that baby weight, like in 2.5 seconds. I really wish that was for me or wow. Look at her uh, relationship with her mom. I really wish I would have that or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think sometimes it causes us to want to take our eyes off of the territory that God has set out for us. When you're looking, scrolling through everyone else's territory, and when you're looking at everyone else's territory, And when you are drooling and salivating over everyone else's territory, you tend to be discontent with your own. If Israel would have looked at the other territories of Moab and Mount Seir, and he, they would have really spent time there and gone in, odds are they might have wanted to go in and to overtake those territories and to reside there, set up camp there, and, and build their life there. But what God was calling them to was so much greater than what they saw on the way there passing through. And I want to encourage you guys today that there are things that God has set aside for you specifically that you need to keep your eyes on. I look at, um, I I get uh, the marriage question all the time, you guys, all the time. Well, my husband won't this or my husband, so-and-so's husband will, but my husband won't. There is a discontentment in maybe your relationship with your husband because you've heard of what someone else's husband will do. And you want that. Great. You want that. But don't look at that territory too long because it ain't yours. Keep your eyes on your own marriage and work there because God is leading you to a Canaan somewhere down the road. I think this is important to know that your territory is protected. Even Lot and Esau's territory was protected for generations to come. What God has set aside for you specifically is protected by God. He he does not want anyone to come in and to take what he has set aside for you. There is something specifically for you right now that you can be working towards that God has set aside that is even better 
for you personally than what anyone else has in their life. God knows what's going to fulfill you, and he's leading you towards it. I think this is important, especially because of the events of the world that we live in. I think it's very easy to take our eyes off of what God has called us to specifically and place them on other things. And we are easily right now distracted by things that are happening around the world and other people's territories. And we are losing sight right now, you guys, of what, why we're here, what we're supposed to do here, how we're supposed to act here who we're supposed to trust while we're this side of heaven. We are so focused on territories that we can do nothing about that we've lost sight of the fact that we don't need to be so wrapped up in the things that are happening around us. Listen, I'm just as passionate about the the next person, uh, about the things in the world that are happening around us and the things that are world that, that are making me literally grieve every single day and the injustices that are happening. I uh, probably more, to be honest with you. But one of the things that the Lord told me this past week as I was taking it to him in prayer, as I was looking at all these other things that are happening in the world, knowing I really can't do anything about them, God said, yes, you can. Yes, you can do something about these other things. You can do, you can walk the journey that I have put you on. You can evangelize to as many people as you know how. You can be exactly who I made you to be in this moment. Get your eyes off of those other territories that are so discouraging right now and put your head down and focus on what I've called you to do. I've given you a husband. I've given you four kids. I've given you a ministry. I've given you a voice. You need to operate within your own territory because I put you on this planet for a purpose and I put you on this planet to right now change the world. I know you wish you had been born in a time where we're not facing the things that we're facing right now, but let me, this is all God. Let me tell you something, Autumn. I put you on the planet now so you could make a difference now in the world that we're living in. Keep your eyes on your own territory. It really encouraged me when the Lord was speaking that over me as I was really discouraged about the things that were happening in the world because I think we need to put put our heads down and walk towards our Canaan, knowing that we are here for a purpose, that we are marching towards something. Thank God we're marching towards him and his call. But all these things that are happening around us, I think, are distracting believers left and right when God wants us to be solely focused on why we're here. Keep your eyes on your own territory. Walk the life that God has asked you to walk during this time. That alone will make a difference. I think one of the things that one of the ways that the enemy is winning right now, it's it's very interesting that I talked about Jehoshaphat last week, because one of the ways that the enemy is winning right now is he wants to take your territory. He wants to claim your territory for himself. 
And that could mean your faith. That could mean your trust in the Lord. You once trusted, maybe last year you were fully trusting God, and now all of a sudden you're losing ground. You know what? You're not losing ground. The enemy is taking ground from you. Just like God wants us to keep our eyes on our own territory, the enemy wants to take your territory from you. And I think it's working. I have never in my life seen more believers discouraged leaving church. I read an article this morning that grieved my spirit. Pastors are leaving the church in droves and, and you know, they, 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 it's hard. It's hard right now. I know I've been ministering for 20 years. So hard right now. But I think the enemy is trying to come in and take the ground that God has specifically given you. And right now is not a time to give him your faith in return for fear. Now is the time to recognize that you are walking the path that God has asked you to walk during this time in this day and age for the Lord's glory. Do not give the enemy your territory. Keep your eyes on the Lord, fix your eyes on Jesus and walk towards what he is asking you to do. Sometimes the enemy doesn't have to fight to take over our territory when we give it to him, when we surrender it over to him. Oh, I'm I just don't see God working. I just don't see God working in my in my world today. Okay, you're 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 literally giving the enemy your trust in the Lord. I just don't see, I just don't see how this is going to turn out for for our good. I just don't see what's what's happening right now. You're giving the enemy a foothold into your territory. What did the God say about the land of Moab? Verse five, Deuteronomy two, verse five. Do not provoke them. This is Mount Seir. For I will not give you any of their land, even as little as a footstep. But the enemy is, Satan is coming in and he's taking footstep at a time away from your faith. Maybe it's just, oh, I used to trust God in that and now I don't. Footstep of your territory that you're surrendering to the enemy. I used to really like church, but now I just don't see the point because I don't know. I could watch it online. Footstep of your territory. I used to really like my pastor, but now I see that pastors are people and they're flawed. So (laughs) I just, I just think I'm going to do my own thing. Footstep of your territory. And when we give away footsteps of our territory to the enemy. We are literally giving the enemy victory in us. This is why Jehoshaphat was so mad. God had protected these groups of people because of his promise to their ancestors. And they were going to come in and try to take 
what God had protected for Judah. And let me tell you what happened. God honored Judah. So today, as you are living this crazy life in this crazy world and this crazy everything, I challenge you as you go through these days, as you go through these news cycles, as you go through the things that are happening in your own world, in your own relationships, in your own social media feeds, keep your eyes on your own territory and do not let the enemy come and take any of it. It is worth fighting for. It is worth standing up to him for. It is worth it. So as we uh, go about our day-to-day, I want you to be encouraged by this. I don't know how you're, this is going to hit you. You might hate it. You might never listen to me again. That's okay. Actually not. I, I, I don't want you to do that. But I want you to fight for your faith during this time. I don't want you to surrender it to the enemy. I want you to ground yourself in the word of God and his promises to you during this time. I want you to put your head down and I want you to do exactly what God's called you to do. And I don't want you to look to the left or to the right to get distracted by someone else's territory because you have a calling and you are here right now in 2021 for a purpose. God placed you here for his purposes. Okay. Okay. I'll be back right after the break with a question from one of you. I'll see you in a sec. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministry, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab, Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, here we go. We're back. Listen, I felt like that was like a Bible sandwich. Bible passage sandwich that we all just kind of ate. I hope you enjoy that. I hope um, you enjoy just the, I, I keep using this term that just the tapestry, the beautiful tapestry of God's word. It is unbelievable when you sit back and you see what he said and what he allowed and what he did not allow for 
you know, for generations. So I hope that encourages you. I hope it gives you just a hunger to know more. Okay. Here is the question. This is from Tamika. Hello, Tamika. This comes from a series of videos that I did recently, which we're actually going to do on the podcast in September. We're going to talk all about the mind, you guys, all about the mind. We're going to talk about fear. We're going to talk about people pleasing. We're going to talk about it all. And we are going to, I'm going to go there in scripture with you guys during the month of September. It's going to be amazing. I'm really excited about it. Okay. But this is a question from a series that uh, this series that I, I recently did about the mind on a different avenue. How do you dwell in the good things and not the bad? How do you dwell in the good things and not the bad? This is from Tamika. Love this question, Tamika. It's very relevant. <sighs> Turn on the news and you're, it's hard not to dwell in the bad. Okay. Tamika, here's the thing. And we're going to talk about this in the whole, I'm literally going to answer your question in the next month. The Bible tells us what to talk about, what to think about. He tells us to think on things that are good, things that are holy, things that are of good report. Okay. Well, we'll talk through that. But Tamika, the, the process of that is you retraining what you allow in. Okay. It is a process. I would not say it happens overnight. I would say, now God can do anything. He can, he can make us think, you know, give us the power to overcome anything in an instant. I'm not saying that. Most of the time though, you have to retrain how you think. You have to retrain what you let in your mind. And we'll talk about that next month, but you asked, how do you dwell in the good things and not the bad? It's a retraining. If you're, if your mind rests only in bad thoughts in hard thoughts and negative things in the terrors of this world and the terrors of your life in the, whatever it is, then that's, that's where your mind, that's, that's the resting course of, of where your mind sits. You have to retrain yourself how to do that. And like I said, we'll, we'll talk about that in the next month. It is possible though, Tamika, I've done this myself. I've done the work when it comes to retraining myself, how to think, because it's so easy to get addicted to bad thoughts and we are addicted to anxiety or addicted to negativity or criticism or whatever it is. And we, we need to stop and retrain ourselves. So listen to Mika, the next groupings of podcasts are going to be for you and any of you guys out there that struggle with the mind. I hope this helps Tamika. I will catch you guys next week for another brand new episode of the Autumn Moss Show. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show. Oh, <laughs>